I was terrified, honestly, like scared shitless at first. Like, okay, 50%, like I can either be glass half full or glass half empty. And for a long time, I was glass half empty. I thought I was never going to get it back to a point where I could just do normal things like chase my dog. Um, But I just had this internal drive that was saying, you can't stop here. You got to keep going. Like, you got to keep getting through the chaos. Welcome back to Malls on Mike. I'm your host, Molly Davis, former USC beach volleyball player and current patient battling Lyme disease. This week, I had the opportunity to sit down with a woman I've looked up to for a very long time. Her name is Lindsay Sparks, and she played beach volleyball with my little sister at my rival school, UCLA. Not only is Lindsay a beast in the sand, but she has proven to be one of the most resilient people I know. Today, you will hear not only one, but two David and Goliath type stories from Lindsay. Situations that seemed impossible to overcome. But Lindsay conquered both battles gracefully, reminding us all of the power of mindset and consistency. Like a lot of kids that grow up on the beaches in sunny Southern California, Lindsay Sparks was engulfed in the beach volleyball world since she can remember. I started playing beach volleyball as soon as I could walk. Uh, My parents played on the beach down in Huntington at the pier. And I was that little kid on the sidelines just begging to get into the adult games, thinking I could handle myself. Um, And so, yeah, I fell in love with volleyball at a very early age. Uh, My sisters also played with me. Um, Our family, friends, basically our whole community was uh, the beach volleyball community. But Lindsay wasn't just interested in casual pickup games on the weekends. She was a fierce competitor, and she was good. Like, really good. Lindsay Sparks, what a complete player. Offense, defense with a tough serve. Can we talk about the angle of that serve? Wow. Lindsay and I faced off a few times in juniors tournaments years ago, and I, like many of the other girls, dreaded playing against her. Coming in at five foot eight, she's one of the quickest and scrappiest defenders in the sand, making it nearly impossible to get a ball down on her. So it makes sense that the best schools were chasing after her, recruiting her for not only their beach squads, but also for their indoor volleyball teams. Um, I went into high school playing indoor and beach. Thought I was going to go to Pepperdine to set and play beach as well and be a dual, dual sport athlete. Ended up decommitting because I realized that. Uh, Two sports was a lot in college, so um, that's when I made the decision to just play beach at UCLA. Um, Had a pretty cool career at at UCLA. I'd say. I mean, 36 and 2, Izzy Carey and Lindsay Sparks have been spectacular all season long for UCLA. Lindsay's pretty cool career included the UCLA Muscle Milk Student Athlete of the Week, Pac-12 All-Freshman Team, All-Pac-12 Second Team, Pac-12 Championship All-Tournament Team, and NCAA All-Tournament Team. And of course, there was the national championship. Carrie and Sparks, one of the top five pairs in the nation this season. They come in on a 12-match win streak. Oh, just sticks her arm out. Are you kidding me? I'll tell you, she was on fire at the Pac-12 championship. She is still in that zone, and it is fun to watch. It is match over at the fives. UCLA has just secured the first point of this championship duel, and really no surprise. UCLA goes back to back on the beach. (laughs) 
we won a national championship my freshman year. And then sophomore year, COVID hit. So you know how that was. Um, junior year, lost to USC in the finals. Tough, heartbreaking loss, but um, still a great year. And then after that, um, going into my senior year, when I felt my best physically, uh, mentally, and just was so ready for, you know, the maturity that comes with being a senior volleyball player in college, um, that's when I got injured. Health is everything, especially as a Division I athlete. We do a lot as athletes to take care of our bodies, weightlifting specifically tailored to our sports movements, fueling our bodies with the proper nutrition, fluids, and vitamins, skipping out on social events where we risk catching a virus when we have a big tournament coming up, spending hours doing cold plunges and stretching to recover from intense workouts. It's like car maintenance, right? The more often you change your oil, get inspections, fuel it with the proper gasoline, the less likely you are to have a breakdown. But like with a car that's been well taken care of, the preventative work we do for our bodies can't stop horrible accidents from screwing up all of our good work. Going into the summer of my senior year, I decided to sign up for my first ever grass volleyball tournament. First day of the tournament was super fun. Met a lot of cool new people in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Um, and second day, woke up the sorest I had ever been. Um, because naturally I'm a beach volleyball athlete going to play now on a hard surface. So my muscles didn't quite like that as much. And so, um, yeah, I was super sore, went into a match, tried to kick a ball in a fast reaction play, basically twisted my knee around the wrong way and dislocated my kneecap, tore off half my cartilage off the backside of my patella, and yeah, just pretty much destroyed my knee in, in one, a couple seconds. And just like that, Lindsay's world changed. She was instantly aware that this wasn't just a sprain that she could play through. Oh, I knew. The, the ref heard the pop of my knee and I immediately like grasped my knee, fell to the ground. But the thing is, you know, I, I don't cry when I get injured. I just sat there like grunting, like, oh, God, here we go. Initially, I was told that I tore my ACL. I was bummed. I was like, crap, like, that's such a long recovery. You know, only soccer players tear their ACLs. Like, it's not a very common beach volleyball injury. Um, and then... I saw a second doctor after the MRI, and it turns out it wasn't the ACL. The physical test that they had done on my knee had pointed to ACL, but my injury was quite complicated, um, and it needed to be seen on an MRI. So long story short, the recovery for my knee injury that I actually had was a year to a year and a half. So I was actually kind of bummed I didn't do my ACL at that time. <laughs> 18 months is a lifetime in the world of college sports. Going into her senior year with no shot at a quicker recovery that would put her on the court that season, Lindsay was devastated. I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. To be honest, I just went home and cried. Um, I had dealt with injuries max five, six months. And, you know, those are tough, but you, you always know that you're going to get back to it. You're going to be back playing your sport again. Um, but this time, my surgeon and my um, physical therapist said, meh, you might have like a 50-50 shot 
at getting back. And so that the year was daunting, but hearing that my odds weren't 100% of getting back completely changed my perspective in that moment. I was terrified, honestly, like scared shitless at first. Like, okay, 50%, like I can either be glass half full or glass half empty. And for a long time, I was glass half empty. As much as I'd like to say, oh, I know I can do this, there were times where it didn't look like that. And I was would be kidding myself if I said that I was confident that it was going to work out the whole time. Lindsay's knee injury was more complex than most breaks, twists, and tears. There were a lot of moving pieces that called for multiple surgeries and years of rehab. So there was this machine called the Nuex. Um, it's basically like a neuromuscular um, stimulator, and that was my issue. I was off my leg or off my left knee for a very long time because I had two surgeries. And so I lost complete connection to my muscles. I got basically stem cell therapy. So I got some stem cell replacement with cartilage, which is a pretty miraculous pr procedure. And that's why you got to appreciate Western medicine. Um, however, my physical therapy was very black and white. And my injury was very colorful, if that makes, if that translates. Um, and in some ways, I thought I was never going to get it back to a point where I could just do normal things like chase my dog. And that was like a very daunting part of the injury that lasted for a year and a half where I was like, crap, am I ever going to be able to live normally? Um, and so it wasn't until after two years, I started to see more, not a naturopath, um, but a PT assistant who was very into like holistic treatment. That's when my recovery flipped a switch. Like I went from not being able to walk down the stairs without pain and to sit on the toilet, all the basic like human things to all of a sudden being able to play volleyball within like three months. It was so wild. And so, um, yeah, this the PT that I ended up seeing changed that, like gave me the hope I needed at the, at the very end when I wasn't going to give up. I was never going to stop working towards, you know, a better life with a better leg and everything. Um, but he definitely expedited that. I'm so thankful for my mom who took care of me like throughout the injury. Like my parents moved my bed downstairs because I was on my booty for, you know, three months pretty much. Um, it gives you a whole new perspective on life. Like, okay, yeah, sure, I can't play volleyball, but guess what I finally can do? I can walk down the stairs without pain. Like those little wins were so crucial. Little victories have been so important in my own life while going through treatment for Lyme disease. Some days, I am very high-functioning. I can go to school for several hours, crush PRs in the gym, be present in my Bible study, cook myself several healthy meals a day, and go to bed feeling good both inside and out. Other days, it's a struggle to take a shower. If I complete one assignment or knock one thing off my to-do list on those days, it's okay. I've had to shift my mindset from only doing one thing to getting to do that one thing. Because I don't get to pick the days my body cooperates. I don't wake up wanting to feel like I'm on death's doorstep, or rather, death is on mine. But that's the reality of illness and injuries. It's a humbling experience, to say the least. 
but even before Lindsay's knee injury that made it nearly impossible to do things like go to the grocery store or walk to class without pain, she grappled with another type of monster, an eating disorder. Freshman year, um, when I started to have the eating disorder, um, the eating disorder I struggled with was bulimia. And so I was throwing up my food after I would um, eat a lot of food, usually late at night, like a binge purge cycle. Um, and so when that was happening for the first few months, I wasn't experiencing anything different. So no, nobody knew it was going on. Um, it didn't really affect my volleyball. But then after like two, three months, I started to feel it in the weight room, especially. I felt myself be weaker and I I just, I knew that when I was going up the stairs, I'd lose the energy. I, I just didn't feel like myself. And it wasn't until my coach, my assistant coach at the time, actually, she let me open up to her and she directed me to the, the counselor. I had the eating disorder my freshman year. Sophomore year, I got help from a therapist um, through athletics, and that therapist pointed me to this book called Intuitive Eating, and the Intuitive Eating book changed my life. It really did. Um, it changes your perspective on food, exercise, body, all that we're taught from a very young age as to like how we should view food as good or bad and brings a certain neutrality to how to think about food. It really helped me. It's not for everyone, um, but the way that the intuitive eating book changed my life was on a much deeper level than just how I how I ate food each day. Not only was I was struggling with the eating disorder, um, I have a history of depression in my family, and that was kind of like side by side with the eating disorder. And, you know, could have been a little cause of it, too. It, it intermixes. It's not really black and white. Um, but, yeah, my mental state as a freshman was just so discombobulated. I didn't understand that going to college, I was going to have to truly take care of myself. That did not resonate with me until I was in the moment, in the dorms, and I felt super alone my freshman year. Like, going through the eating disorder was isolating too because you tend to stop um, wanting to be social around food especially um, you kind of like try to privatize that um, and so yeah I was lost plain and simple. Lindsay's struggle with bulimia occurred in a very fragile time in her life. She was only 18 years old still trying to find herself as a freshman at UCLA. I mean, at first, I kind of let it define me. I said, oh, I, have, I am an eating disorder. You know, I am the girl with an eating disorder. And then I realized as I put more space between it and myself, um, I was, realized that, oh, yeah, I did have an eating disorder. And that was something that affected me. Um, but there was a certain space that I could get away from it. I, I don't think you really ever truly know your identity. You establish your values, uh, you decide what kind of experiences you like, but I think I never like to be placed in a box. I want to be as open as possible, and that's been my goal for like the past few years is being open to new experiences, being open to 
new ways of thinking. Um, I just like the idea of being open and able to be receptive to all kinds of thinking. Healing from the eating disorder was really important for me because I had a lack of like interoceptive awareness. I had a lack of like listening to my body's signals. And so as I got better at listening to my body's signals as I recovered from the eating disorder, I also got better at listening to my emotions and recognizing where my internal dialogue was helping me versus hurting me. And so I just bit by bit chipped away at that and got more in tune with myself and started to be more aware and catch those emotions more earlier on and then being able to deal with them earlier. So I still have that like beautiful healed relationship with like my thoughts and emotions too. And so I think with the the eating disorder, like that was the biggest gift. The more Lindsay reflected upon her experience with bulimia and all that she had overcome, the more she knew she wanted to pay it forward to young girls who feel alone in their battles with eating disorders just like she did. When I recovered from the eating disorder, I realized that I had a really special position that not everybody um, gets to because eating disorders can be a lifelong battle and they're not always one. You know, it's a, one of the leading causes of death for um, people under the age of 25. And that's a pretty daunting thing to think about. Mine was never that bad, but still I felt like I had the opportunity to share my experience in a way that could help others that were maybe about to be struggling with the same, um, with an eating disorder or disordered eating. So Lindsay shared her story on Instagram. I felt called to it. Um, and I felt like if there was a way that I could help, I should. And that was my way of helping. I knew I could reach a lot of young girls. I knew I could be an open source for them. And I wanted to be that older person that they could lean on if that was something they were experiencing. And the beautiful thing was I had people of all ages reach out to me. I had people like from 13, 14 year olds to my mom's friends to people I had never met saying they just appreciated my vulnerability and how hearing my story for some reason, they couldn't quite put their finger on it for some reason, inspired them to get help. I mean, like, if we're going to use social media, we might as well use it well. Like, that's my view on it. Like, I've had problems with, like, how I've thought about social media since I was 13, 14, when I was first, like, on Instagram. I, I was, like, I was that girl that was comparing myself to others in, like, a way that wasn't beneficial for me. And so when I realized, okay, wait, I can take social media and use it in a way that that I want to and that I think can help others that's when it all changed for me I'm like oh cool this is I can make it my own I just thought that you know the initial thought that you have as an 18 or 19 year old girl or guy you know is oh what I'm going through is unique to me you you always think that your issues are yours and yours only um, but what I learned was sharing through social media and just, you know, sharing my experiences is that when you open up to the world, the world shows you some really cool stuff and you can create a lot of connections. And it goes back to how like vulnerability can create strength and, and connection, too. And so 
I think the lesson I learned was just like the power of vulnerability and like how special it can be when you do put yourself out there in in a way that feels right to you. Like Lindsay, I believe in the power of vulnerability. I believe God places us on this earth with unique stories and challenges, and we have a choice to either go through our battles alone or go through them with a community. This is kind of the point of this podcast. Sharing our struggles and burdens doesn't weigh other people down. In fact, I find the opposite to be true. When we're able to be honest about the battles we're fighting, we help others as they face their own. Lindsay is really gifted with a special drive that helps shape her mindset. Injuries and illnesses have only made her better because she uses them to build strength rather than allowing them to break her down. I mean, the eating disorder was the most challenging thing I had been through up until the knee injury. And so both times it was new territory for me. And I had a really difficult time navigating it, but I was so determined to overcome it. And I had my ups and downs through both. Um, but I just had this internal drive that was saying, you can't stop here. You got to keep going. Like, you got to keep getting through the chaos um, and make it out the other side. Because I, I just always keep that kind of hope and light at the end of the tunnel. With overcoming the eating disorder and the injury, I proved to myself that I could get through some of the worst, you know? And every time I went through, or like when I went through the eating disorder, I felt so strong after I overcame it and realized, okay, I can handle so much more. Like, what do you got? Like, throw it at me. And then the injury came. I'm like, all right, this is too much. Like, please, I didn't I didn't eat that much. Um, but through that two those two years I grinded through that injury and I realized, well shit, if I can get through that, imagine what we can continue to get through. So it's just like every time you go through a hard time, it just builds you up for the next future one. And I don't know, I feel like I'm gonna be really damn strong by the time I'm forty or whatever age. helped me is a feeling of a feeling and a state of good energy both physically and mentally there's a wide range of what health looks like to people around the world um but I try not to define health as a physical look I think there's that health looks so different on every single person. And so tying that into like the eating disorder stuff, um, like much of our, like kind of the reason I started to struggle with the eating disorder was because I thought I should be thinner for my sport. And so during my recovery, I got to relearn what health looks like and that health doesn't have a specific body and a specific um, width or whatever you want to call it. And so, um, yeah, health, health is a very wide range for me. Do you consider yourself healthy now? I do. I do. And I, yeah, I'm really proud of the work it took to get here through the eating disorder and, and the many, many lessons I learned through um, the injury. Lindsay's incredibly strong, and she's a person we can all look up to. But part of that vulnerability she was talking about permeates far beyond just the battles she's won. So another thing that I would share is while we talked about how I've overcome 
a lot. I've overcome the eating disorder and the major injury. Um, but oftentimes we only like share these stories when they're success and I'm putting air quotes up success stories. Um, but the point of, of all that you go through during those hard times isn't actually the success that, you know, you get recognized for. It's like what you learn during the process. And I've become a very process-based individual um, because of what I've gone through. And so I really value um, being in the present moment and looking for ways that I can better myself that have nothing to do with the outcome. And so that's what kept me going through the knee injury too, was like, okay, you know what? All I can do is give my best today. I don't get to control the outcome. And once I realized that that outcome was not in my control is when I really started to be able to deal with like the loss of identity, the loss of community with losing my sport and all that comes with a major injury. Now that Lindsay is finally back in the sand after a grueling two years of rehabilitating her knee, she's looking forward to the next chapter of her career. She'll be transferring to California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo or Cal Poly Slow, and she'll continue to be an advocate for people struggling with their relationships with food and exercise. So I'm going to go play beach volleyball for one, maybe two years. The plan is two, but we just... With the body that I have now, you know, with the knee still recovering, we're just planning on one, um, but we're hoping for two because I'll be pursuing my uh, master's of nutrition while I'm at Slow. And to be honest, I've just always wanted to live in that area. So it's like the perfect timing. I career, my dream is to someday have my own place where I help people build positive and strong relationships with food and body and exercise. Um, I have a completely different perspective on, you know, how you can eat in a way that benefits you psychologically and physically um, with ease. You know, so much of our culture right now is go on this diet, go on that diet, try this, try that. Um, but the approach I take is a bit more individualized where it's instead listening to your body and um, becoming in touch with how you're feeling after you eat certain foods versus others and truly, truly eating for you and not to lose weight or to shrink, you know, shrink your body or tone your body in any way. And so, yeah, it's, it's all connected so beautifully. So if you want to share where people can reach you on social yeah. media, go yeah. ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, just have Instagram. Maybe I'll have TikTok in the future. I don't know. Um, but my Instagram is just Lindsay Sparks. And yeah, that's a good place to reach me. If you have questions for myself or any of my guests, please don't hesitate to message them through their personal accounts or I can connect you if you reach out to Malls on Mike on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or Twitter or X. We'll be right back here next week with Cam Smith, former Minnesota Vikings player. So please hit the subscribe or follow button so you're notified every time a new episode is released. See you next time.